announced that they will not be helping companies um, that don't have gender diversity on boards to IPO. Now, that policy does not include Asia, and hopefully they will they will expand it to include Asia and Hong Kong. But that's the kind of advocacy we need across mm-hmm. the board. And of course, customers, um, you know, customers we know now are much more brand conscious. They will vote, you know, with their wallets. And so, so you know, we hope to see influence from that side as well. Well, let's hope that people in Hong Kong do start voting with their wallets because we don't want to have this conversation every year. Thank you very much, Fern. That's Fern I, the CEO of Community Business. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. Let me try and keep you updated with huge markets going on, uh, huge moves going on in Asian markets at the moment. First of all, uh, US stock index futures are currently down um, over 4.5%, and that, of course, is dragging Asian markets much, much lower. The ASX 200 in Australia is down about 5 and a third percent at the moment. The Nikkei 225 in Japan is down four and a quarter percent. Over in South Korea, the Cosby is off three percent. Futures markets indicating the Hang Seng is going to open over four percent lower, and the A50 futures, which trade in Singapore, suggest a four percent decline for Chinese stocks at the open this morning. Big moves in the commodities markets. Brent crude oil, well, there's no other way to describe it. It's crashed this morning. It's down 21% right now from the New York close, trading at $36 a barrel. Gold is surging uh, up over one and a quarter percent. It's at $1,695 an ounce. And very, very big moves in the currency markets as well. Uh, the Japanese yen uh, is surging. It's up about 1.2% against the US dollar this morning, and it's trading around 104 per US dollar. I'll be back tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock. I'll keep you updated then with all the latest financial and business news. The weather forecast for today is going to be mainly cloudy with a few showers and fog patches. Sunny intervals during the day. Maximum temperature about 26 degrees, and it's 21 degrees right now, 94% relative humidity. Stay tuned for Back Chat with Hugh Chiverton and Mike Rouse right after the news. 8.32, here's Samantha Butler with the Half Hour News. The official death toll from COVID-19 in Italy's worst affected region of Lombardy has jumped by more than 100 in a day. The national tally now stands at 366 after a record rise in daily coronavirus infections. Wide-scale restrictions are now enforced in 15 provinces affecting 16 million people. Professor Giacomo Griselda from the University of Milan is helping to manage the pressure on the local intensive care units or ICUs. In Lombardy, around Milan, this coronavirus outbreak is putting an incredible, an incredible stress on our intensive care unit system. We normally have 850 ICU beds. In the last 16 days, we admitted to our ICUs more than 500 critically ill patients. Very soon, uh, we will run out of the beds. The U.S. state of Oregon on the West Coast has become the latest to declare an emergency of the coronavirus outbreak. The governor, Kate Brown, made the announcement at a news conference. I am declaring a state of emergency to ensure that we are able to swiftly deploy the personnel and resources necessary to address coronavirus in Oregon. This emergency declaration gives the Oregon Health Authority and the Office of Emergency Management all the resources at our state's disposal to stem the spread of this disease. 
This state of emergency will remain in effect for 60 days. 14 cases have been confirmed in the state. Earlier, the governor of neighbouring Washington, Jay Inslee, said mandatory measures to control the virus's spread were now being considered. And three COVID-19 cases have been identified in Iowa State. They recently took a cruise in Egypt before returning home. And the South Korean military says North Korea has fired three unidentified projectiles off its east coast. It said in a statement it detected launches from a town in the north-south Hamgyong province. You're listening to the new news on RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Backchat. I'm Hugh Chiverton. Your co-host today is Mike Rouse. Mike, good morning to you. Good morning, Hugh. We're talking today about different aspects of the outbreak of COVID-19 in Hong Kong and also in Korea and around the world. How well are our hospitals and public health measures coping in Hong Kong? Do we have any idea how long this will last? And we hear about discrimination against mainland customers in some restaurants here. If you want to comment on uh, anything like this, leave a message on our Facebook page, Bank Chat on RTHK Radio 3, or give us a call. And our telephone number is 233-88266, 233-88266. Or you can email backchat at rthk.hk. Joining us for our first topic, we have with us now Dr. Sridhar Siddharth, a clinical assistant professor at the Department of Microbiology at the University of Hong Kong, and Dr. Arasina Marge chairperson of the Hong Kong Public Doctors Association. Uh, later we're going to be talking uh, more about that uh, case of discrimination and also uh, hearing from uh, Korea. That's uh, after nine o'clock. Uh, once again, give us a call, 233-88266 uh, with your thoughts. Uh, a couple of, uh, let's start off with a few uh, emails on uh, uh, different topics. First of all, a couple related to uh, the discussion we were having uh, in the second part of the programme on Friday uh, about uh, same-sex marriage uh, in Hong Kong. Uh, Paul says uh, in relation to this, just another point on this. Over a year ago, you had some same-sex marriage advocates on and I questioned them regarding the B in the LGBT acronym. I stated that in order for bisexuals to have a fulfilling marriage, they'd require a plural marriage. The guest at the time laughed it off saying, oh, no, 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 we are only suggesting that marriage be between two consenting adults. However, on Friday's programme, plural marriage in China was used as a legitimate example of the redefinition of marriage. It's my conclusion that the pro-homosexual movement will use any old argument to suit their case, and their position is forever shifting to suit their feelings and desires. Quite simply, the fact is that marriage outside of one man and one woman just leads to confusion. Sure, if people of the same sex want to have sex with each other, then they can go ahead. But changing society to accept it as normal behaviour is going too far. That comes uh, from Paul. And uh, Andrew uh, F., uh, I think responding to a comment by uh, Mr. Wong, Roger Wong, uh, said, should tolerance be a, quote, universal value, unquote? Ask your guest. Sorry, we didn't have time to do that. And uh, Jalal says, there has been repeated and concerted criticism of RTHK on this programme specifically. One critique has centred on those who write into this programme. I would like to suggest that Backchite invite the most prolific listeners who write in to come into the studio and engage in a debate about how Backchat and RTHK are doing. I'd be happy to join, but I'd like to hear from Brett, Henry and all the other stellar contributors, uh, says Jalal. I'm afraid Brett and Henry are the rather long gone, uh, Jalal, but I, but I take your point. 
right? But you could always call us up. We we invite uh, you to uh, to uh, join in by giving us a call every day two three three eight eight two six six. If anyone wants to do that and uh, comment on on uh, what's under discussion, you're you're very welcome two three three eight eight two six six. Once again, uh, uh, Doctor Siddharth, good morning to you. Um, we haven't spoken to you for for, for a little while. How, how do you think things are going in Hong Kong? On one hand, we've we, we see signs that people are starting to kind of resume um, uh, normal life a little bit, uh, going back to work and some f- public facilities opening and so on. People coming back to restaurants a little bit. On the other hand, we hear these warnings that uh, this might go on all year, uh, even. Uh, how do you rate the progress in Hong Kong? Right. Hong Kong, we have been largely successful in containing uh, community transmission. By that I mean you don't see too many examples of patients who get COVID-19 from unknown sources. So that's due to a combination of public awareness, mask wearing, hand hygiene, social distancing, and also the government with its quarantine measures and, uh, and uh, measures like that. The bad news is that uh, the same can't be said for many other countries in the world, uh, especially uh, several countries in Europe and uh, several countries uh, closer to us in East Asia, where COVID-19 is uh, running rampant in several uh, provinces within these countries. So for the world at large, COVID-19 seems to be on a definitely escalating up trajectory. Now, Hong Kong doesn't exist in isolation. If the rest of the world uh, loses control of the situation gradually, then uh, I'm afraid you'll start seeing uh, more important cases than we can handle, probably. Right, Doctor, good morning. Um, There's some suggestion uh, from the latest uh, media statements by government officials here that maybe we're going to have to learn to accept that this coronavirus is... Uh, we're going to become absorbed. It's going to come back every year, and we're just going to have to treat it like serious flu. What Absolutely. did you make of those remarks? Well, at, at the moment, that seems to be one of the possibilities that may happen. There's a best-case scenario and a worst-case scenario. So the best case is that communities and countries around the world pour in an enormous amount of resources and manage to contain community transmission. And countries that are not able to do so are basically put in quarantine for a period of time, and eventually COVID-19 disappears, like SARS did, due to other factors, meteorological or otherwise. If that doesn't happen, and that is looking increasingly unlikely because of the number of countries coming down and the amount of transmission they're seeing, then it's entirely possible that COVID-19 is here to stay. So it basically circulates in the human population for uh, for, for basically much like any other respiratory virus. I think irrespective of the outcome, our goal now is to contain transmission as much as possible. Because scientists, the researchers out there, they need time to come up with effective antivirals. They need time to come up with vaccines. Right. So one, so we're buying time, basically. It's a race against time. Absolutely, absolutely. So we still have to do what we're doing because we need better measures against the virus. Okay. Uh, also with us is uh, Dr. Arasina Ma, Chairperson of the Hong Kong Public Doctors Association. Dr. Ma, good morning to you. Good morning. 
morning. Thank you very much indeed for, for joining us. Uh, well, what's your take on, on, on the progress and how, uh, what's the, the condition now? How are people coping in the public hospitals and the public health system? Um, actually, um, uh, I am still um, quite happy to see that uh, the, num uh, the, the, the trend of a rising number of confirmed cases is uh, more than in Hong Kong. We only got a couple of cases every day, and uh, most of them we can trace their source of infection. And it's a bit worrying that we start to have some imported cases which coming from different parts of the world. Um, and, but um, if the case um, increases in such a fashion, uh, I think our public hospital can still uh, uh, handle it. However, if uh, we have um, uh, a, a big community outbreak, uh, let's say we have new cases, uh, more than 20 or even 100 a day, like other parts of the world, definitely uh, our public health care system will collapse. Right. However, I would like to um, make a comment that even we can handle the, uh, the, the epidemic at, uh, in, at this moment in such a fashion, but actually we have sacrificed many normal medical services. So I don't know how long we can sustain this, um, this status because uh, we cut uh, many uh, surgeries, we cut many uh, follow-up cases, and actually um, we, we just hope that it will just last for a couple of months. But if last for, last, let's say, uh, years or so, I don't think uh, our system can handle it. That's a, a very good point that's been touched on by other callers before, that uh, changing some of the beds from routine beds to mm -hmm. special uh, ICU beds and isolation beds and mm -hmm. so on, that helps us cope in the short term, but it makes the queue for routine operations much, much longer, doesn't it? Yes. Um, actually, besides changing the bed, the use of the bed, one of the problems is that we cut down many different kinds of clinical activities in order to save those protective equipment. Let's say the uh, respirator mask and also the uh, PPE. So um, actually, we have the manpower to handle surgery or some other cases, but we don't have the equipment we need. So um, we cannot um, uh, run this condition longer because uh, our patients need to go back for surgery. They need to do the endoscopy, and we cannot we cannot convict them uh, and ask all those patients to go to the private sector because some of them they are um, financially not capable to go to the private sector. Some of the cases are too complicated for the private sector. All right, taking the situation overall. How do you think the government is doing are we, and the community as a whole? Are we basically as, uh, okay or are there areas we could improve? Um, actually, I think currently the conditions seem still okay. But um, uh, I think the government uh, or the hospital authority need to uh, pay more effort how to source out a, um, a different kinds of uh, protective equipment. But um, it seems like the condition getting uh, more and more difficult because different parts of the world also get the, uh, the, the, the disease outbreak and it's more and more difficult for them to get the mask or the PPE from different, uh, different parts of the world. Right. And there are certain clusters. I mean, we, there's the, the temple in, in North Point, there's the hot pot dinner and so on, there's the people coming back from the from the cruise ships, but there seem to be some cases now where there was no contact with anyone from a suspicious source. It just emerged. 
So these are people who suddenly get symptoms that, and for no reason. Um, I think some of our patients uh, uh, did, uh, did get the disease from no obvious source. Maybe they get it from um, uh, one of the silent uh, carriers, like what Professor Yusuf Yong said. We may have um, maybe let's say millions of silent carriers in our society. Some maybe because they do have contact one uh, one one obvious source, but because uh, the, the the source seems to a bit distant from, and they cannot recall the uh, the history well. But um, I agree that uh, we do have some cases. Uh, actually, they get it from the community with no obvious source, and there are silent carrier in our community. Okay, a reminder, we, we've, we've got uh, two doctors on the line now, If you two, two specialists in uh, public health and uh, uh, infectious disease. If you've got any specific questions, please uh, drop us a line or, or give us a call now. Uh, they'll be staying, we hope, until, uh, until 9 o'clock. Um, can, can I ask you both about, about how, what the mood is like among, among healthcare workers and, and doctors? Dr. Uh, Dr. Siddharth, uh, you know, I, I, I guess compared to SARS, we know a lot more, it seems, about how this is spread and, and so on. And healthcare workers, it seems, haven't been affected at the moment. What's, what's the mood like, would you say, among frontline doctors? Well, um, from what I can see, there's uh, certainly a mood of resignation because we've been living in these conditions for about uh, four to six weeks now. And especially compared to the uh, to the atmosphere around Chinese New Year, I would say, well, things have calmed down somewhat, but there there's definitely an undercurrent of anxiety with regards to the water situation, as was just uh, spoken about, as well as the supply of personal protective equipment. And there are a lot of uncertainties and anxieties among the staff, for sure, for sure. And it's uh, subsided somewhat to the first of the outbreak, but I think it's ready to bubble up again if there's any adverse development in the Hong Kong situation. Uh, Dr. Ma, what's, what's your take on the, on, on the mood? And, and do, you, do you now regret that, that uh, industrial action that was taken at the beginning of the outbreak? Do you think that was really a mistake, perhaps? Um, actually, I agree with uh, Dr. Cedar that there is uh, much of, an, of the anxiety. Um, I, uh, besides anxiety, there is a strong sense of um, untrust between the, um, the employer, the hospital authority, as, and the frontline uh, healthcare workers. I, uh, actually, I, we, um, all, most of us don't regret about the industrial action. Actually, um, we feel that um, although we cannot eradicate the disease in Hong Kong, but we don't have a situation as, um, as bad as um, Korea or other parts of the world because we do have certain, uh, uh, certain kinds of uh, border control. And the result for uh, the, the, what makes the government willing to take this border control actually is from the pressure from our industrial action. Without our industrial action, I am sure that the condition may get even worse. What do you think accounts for the very large numbers in uh, Italy and Korea, the two that um, stand out? Um, first of all, um, I personal, uh, maybe uh, uh, Dr. Peter can supplement a bit, but personally I guess the, uh, the condition of um, large-scale uh, um, outbreak in Korea or Italy, because they have... Um, um, a rapid uh, uh, rise of um, infected patients in a very short period of time, and the hospital um, uh, they get out of the capacity to handle it. And also, there is um, uh, 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 transmission inside the hospital, and healthcare workers get infected. 
this is the reason why uh, I think why the uh, why their condition is getting uh, that bad in those two countries. It's been suggested that. In a sense, our experience with SARS, which also got off to a bad start, um, has prepared us more for this round, whereas for those countries which weren't uh, affected or hardly at all by SARS, this is all new to them. Um, yes, I, I yes, maybe another reason. Um, I think the whole Hong Kong society get uh, more prepared to this um, infectious disease because, uh, because of our experience with SARS. It's more easy for us to mobilize our citizens to put on masks, uh, to cut our social activities, to close the school or do the hand washing and so on. It all because we have a, 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 a painful experience from our SARS period. When, when do you think our children should go back to school? Uh, actually, it's a very difficult question. Um, uh, I think um, for most uh, healthcare workers or uh, uh, academics, uh, we worry that when children return to school, especially if we cannot provide enough uh, face masks or uh, hand hygiene uh, procedures to them, there may be another outbreak uh, among children or uh, 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 children or in the community. However, um, um, we cannot get the students out of school too long. First of all, they do need the education, and also many parents show that uh, they uh, they find uh, they find it difficult to handle their work as well as taking care uh, of their children whole day uh, during this period of time. Yes, Doctor Siddharth. Yeah. Um, um, how do you? Why do you think Korea and Italy are doing so much worse than us? Right. I, I think one of the other reasons is that by the time they identified the first few cases, uh, there had already been hundreds, if not thousands, infected in the community. So there might have been a lack of awareness of the early stages of the outbreak that has hurt them very badly. Now, in Hong Kong, if uh, you recall the atmosphere during Chinese New Year, they're basically counting down the days when Hong Kong got the first imported case. And uh, everything was kind of in place, and that was definitely due to our experience with SARS to an extent. Everything was in place in terms of arrangements for imported cases, the general public kind of knowing what to do, and uh, we were prepared for the worst. But I think in uh, some of the uh, European countries and South Korea, there was perhaps that relaxed uh, approach in the first few critical days of the outbreak, and that has resulted in this explosion. Okay, our number is 233-88266. Uh, we've got uh, Mike on the line, I think. Mike, good morning. I had, uh, I had a couple of questions, and the first one being, I've just heard, in, in, a, in the States, it has taken more than two weeks, and still some of the patients cannot get a confirmed diagnosis because of the inability to, to um, make, a, make a proper uh, uh, diagnosis. Now, um, that being the case in the United States, if it's taking two weeks to get a proper diagnosis, how can we definitely say in Italy, categorically, we have so many cases of the coronavirus? Can we, can we be assured that, in fact, these people have been um, properly diagnosed with the coronavirus? Uh, Dr. Siddharth, can you address yeah. that? You're absolutely right. I mean, the number of cases that is being reported every day are basically the number of cases reported by the government to the WHO. Yeah. So that, that is uh, a, a best guess. 
During the early stages of the outbreak, when laboratory diagnostics were weaker in communities and, and uh, surveillance was weaker, etc., you can expect the number to deviate from the actual number of cases. It's, it's almost always an underestimate, obviously. But as the experience, laboratory diagnostics experience builds up and as doctors become more aware that they need to test for this condition, the number of cases starts to approach reality more and also the lag time between symptom onset and diagnosis also tends to shorten. So Italy is about, uh, I'd say, two or three weeks into this, so uh, the numbers that you're starting to see should reflect reality uh, to a certain extent. But in some other countries that are reporting less than 50 cases, for example, you don't really know what the situation is on the ground yet. Right, there's a lot of controversy so, in America about uh, inadequate uh, supply of test kits as well. So are you saying that the doctors are, are diagnosing by symptoms or they're diagnosing by scientific fact that we do have a coronavirus present? Right. Um, so generally speaking, doctors would do their best to diagnose by a scientific test that actually looks specifically for the coronavirus. In extreme situations, like what was seen in uh, mainland China and Hubei province, they actually uh, at some stage they decided to do it by chest X-ray or just a radiological appearance. They said, "Look, this set of radiological uh, or clinical data would be compatible with a coronavirus case." So just by just by symptoms, just by symptoms uh, yeah. or second, symptoms my, my second question, my second question is: compare the corona the coronavirus that we're having. You know, this is this is a uh, you know this is politically this is a major thing. Compare its severity to the influenza B virus that is going around this year. That is actually pretty serious. In fact, fourteen thousand deaths already have occurred in the United States. Compare? Do, can we get a comparison as to the severity of these? I would say the coronavirus, uh, the mortality rate, you have a pretty good idea of. The mortality rate would be 1.5 to 2% of uh, people getting infected. Yeah, 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 but that that is also affected by the amount of people that have been diagnosed or the underdiagnosis of patients. So those yes. patients that have absolutely no have very light symptoms that haven't been diagnosed that haven't been diagnosed as a coronavirus that coronavirus there that's that's skewing the the statistics yes but that 1.5 figure comes from china and the china cdc has released a massive report including plenty of mild cases and uh that is their best estimate and that is the best estimate anywhere in the world because you have 80,000 plus cases. So I yes. tend to uh, place more faith on that figure as the final. Except we're getting conflicting. We're getting conflicting numbers out of China. There are there are numbers. There are, there are some cases where people in China that are working with that. They're getting conflicting numbers. At first, it has been underreported. Absolutely, absolutely. During the early phases of the outbreak, definitely that was happening. Now come. Since they're kind of getting a handle on it, the, uh, I, I would say that the transparency has also gone up somewhat because it's good news in a way. But uh, I agree, we take it with a pinch of salt. But the experience.
looks at other countries in terms of the number of cases they reported and the number of deaths, it seems to be somewhat compatible with that, but we'll know by and by. Okay. But to answer your question, I still say it's more severe than influenza in that the number of susceptible people in your community is just that much higher because nobody has seen this virus before. So the chance of people getting sick is just that much higher. Okay, Mike, thank, thanks very okay. much indeed for your call, and thank you to our guest, Dr. Sridhar Siddharth, uh, Clinical Assistant Professor in the Department of Molecular Biology at Hong Kong U, and Dr. Arasina Ma, who's Chairperson of the Hong Kong Public Doctors Association. Thank you very much indeed for, for joining us. Lots of emails. Um, uh, this is one from uh, Peter, uh, who says, I'll have to edit this, uh, travel bans and assigning a nationality to the virus are not effective in preventing the spread of COVID-19, but instead spread a sense of false security, hatred, racism, and panic. Besides, the exact origin of the virus is still unknown. DNA sequencing and time will tell. It should now be clear that the infection can travel through multiple routes which can be disrupted, which cannot be disrupted, just, dislay, just delayed. The 11th Australian who tested positive acquired the infection from his recent visit to the USA. Again, the virus didn't care about passport or nationality. However, the US media keep blam blaming China, even asking for an apology for spreading the virus. And Mike Pompeo deliberately uses the term Wuhan virus to stoke anti-China sentiment. No one asked the US for an apology for spreading H1N1. Uh, meanwhile, Trump advisor Peter Navarro, who opposes free trade and is one of the major architects of the trade war, uh, is now complaining that countries aren't trading medical supplies because of the coronavirus. Uh, in comparison, the US looks woefully unprepared and wasted the past two months pointing fingers at China instead of going, instead of getting its healthcare system ready to trace and limit the spread of infections in local communities. That comes uh, from Peter. Uh, more, quite a few uh, emails on the uh, issue of the United States and about discrimination, which we'll get to in the second part of the uh, programme. We're also going to be talking about uh, uh, discrimination here in Hong Kong and uh, also the situation in Korea. So stay tuned. The weather it's going to be mainly clouded today with a few showers and some fog patches. Sun intervals during the day, 21 degrees, the latest readings and the relative humidity now up at 94%. Americans. But the civil rights leader Jesse Jackson has endorsed Bernie Sanders, saying his progressive social and economic policies give black Americans the best chance to catch up. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Welcome back. Bank Chats on a Monday morning, first one of the week with Mike Rouse and me, Hugh Chiverton. We're talking about aspects of the uh, coronavirus uh, in Hong Kong, but also uh, around the world in different countries. Uh, a lot of people are very interested in what's happening in the United States uh, in particular. Uh, if you want to comment, uh, give us a call, 233-88266, or leave a message on our Facebook page, Bank Chat on RTHK Radio 3, or email backchat at rthk.hk. Uh, okay, on Facebook, uh, okay, first of all, Tom says, living in Hong Kong, we see a lot of political differences among the different regions here. However, in the West, two months of negative headlines and accusations against China, almost always accompanied by random pictures of Asian people, has created negative sentiment and doubt against Asian people. It appears the pattern of fear and discrimination in social media seems to be, in large and chaotic situations, to take one nugget of truth of one person making a mistake for a few minutes or, or a few hours, and implying that 1.4 billion people do that all the time everywhere. In a pandemic, wouldn't it be better to think everyone is trying their best instead of always assuming the worst? Uh, and uh, the 
issue of discrimination maybe locally we'll get to um, a little bit later. Some more comment on, uh, okay, the situation uh, in Hong Kong, first of all, from John Kowloon, who says, when I was in Chim Sa Choi yesterday, close to 100% of locals were wearing masks. The only people not wearing masks, apart from smokers, were expats. Meanwhile, it's interesting to note that a high proportion of recent cases are people living in more affluent areas on Hong Kong Island, Old Peak Road, Poshan Road, Blue Pool Road, Bagia Villas, Broadwood Road, etc. This could be attributed to their higher exposure to imported cases, particularly from Europe, or perhaps are expats and or more affluent members of society, less vigilant about adopting strict protective measures? Question mark. That comes uh, from John Kowloon. Thank you very much indeed for uh, that. Uh, can of worms. Uh, Drake says, Cable News compared five protective guidelines from the hospital authority, each of them suggesting less protective gear for carrying out medical procedures compared to the previous one. Their excuse was following WHO's guidelines. Yeah, sounds reassuring. That's from uh, Drake. Uh, OK, and uh, on the United States... Uh, Ching says the New York subway does not allow train operators to wear face masks at work and there's a link to a story do they think the outbreak will be contained if they just pretend it's not there what about the freedom to protect oneself at work and uh, one uh, says why does the American government claim it doesn't spy on its people because it doesn't need to it has tech companies to do that for them to help create an illusion that distorts uh, reality uh, and there's a, a story about uh, geofence uh, warrants. There's a link to that. Uh, Larry says, uh, if Trump's America first means he is entitled to install his daughter and son-in-law in top White House positions, I would call that my real estate empire, my family first. Even Putin does not put his family members into key Kremlin positions. Uh, that's from uh, Larry, a shortened version of uh, Larry's email once again. Uh, Backchatter.rthk.hk. Uh, joining us now we have uh, Alex Jensen, who's uh, presented with This Morning Radio programme uh, on TBS Korea. Uh, Alex, good morning to you. Hi, thank you for much indeed for joining us. Get, get us up to speed. What's the situation now in Korea? We've heard suggestions that it may be levelling off or, or kind of stabilising. It certainly feels as though it's stabilising. Over the last week, there have been fewer cases just about than the, uh, than the days before that, say from Wednesday to Friday compared with Monday to Wednesday. And over the weekend, we saw a marked reduction but we've seen this pattern before and then suddenly uh, a change of course so i'd say that everybody would be very cautious about celebrating the the stabilization at this point too far uh, because caution is still required and these super spreading events that can happen during an outbreak where one person doesn't realize they're infected or perhaps knows they're infected and goes around far and wide spreading it to others uh, suddenly you can have um dozens more cases and, and perhaps hundreds on top of that but but yes overall it's looking more optimistic now than the uh than the alarmist figures of expecting millions of infections what alex what can you tell us about the testing situation in korea the testing situation has been fantastic and even if you're not going for a test yourself you'll likely be aware of the testing here because anytime you pass by um, one of the main hospitals, uh, the university hospitals here, you will see lines of people outside and temporary structures, tents, that sort of thing set up to uh, accommodate people for tests. And I've spoken to several people who have gone through that testing process. It's not particularly 
pleasant what they have to produce for the test. They've, they've told me that they, they, they sort of felt um, like it wasn't. The, what, what do they have the, to do? The most pleasant experience. I mean, they basically have to produce sputum, uh, and you're surrounded by other people in other parts of the tent also producing sputum. So it's um, it's just not the most uh, savoury experience. But you know, once you get through that, then there's a period of time. Possibly a slight delay from what they tell you. One person I spoke to said they had to wait another day longer than they were told they'd be hearing something back. So uh, no doubt the authorities here are overwhelmed by the, the number of people going for these tests. And um, it's it, it generally, though, I would say very efficient. Uh, the cost is um, somewhere in the region of $150, depending on certain factors perhaps but uh somewhere in that region and and then if you test positive you get the money back and they pay for your treatment sorry sorry so you've got to, you've got to pay for this what, 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 why isn't yeah, it so, so, so just uh, yeah there's so much to, to pack in here especially um as like you i've been reporting on this for now since early january um when when rumors started to emerge here um it's evolved so much but the latest situation is that if your doctor recommends that you need this test, you don't have to pay. But if you decide that you might have symptoms and you want peace of mind and you want to go and have this test, then you do have to pay. But you will still be reimbursed if you test positive for COVID-19. So in other words, the only people who are actually going to be out of pocket are the people who are not advised by their doctor to have the test, but do so anyway and still test negative. So I guess it's a small price to pay for learning that you're negative. Well, I, exactly. And the people I've spoken to who have tested negative, uh, you know, none of them have complained about the fact they've tested negative. But, it, and you know, I, I think the, the, the thing in Korea is that you could argue that awareness is so high here that perhaps we've, we've entered a state of over-caution. But that's probably also why the numbers are starting to stabilise and hopefully right. will continue to do so and, and then maybe slow down completely. There were stories about drive-through testing. Is that is that Korea? Yes, there have been drive-through tests here. I've not actually uh, done any testing myself and I've not uh, gone to one of those drive-through places. I've done my own work from more of the hospital settings, but uh, yes, I've, I've certainly seen them reported. I've seen people sharing that on social media, and uh, you know, I think it's 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 not so different to what they're doing at the hospitals. But if you imagine a car park at a hospital set up where people, rather than going to the main building, are just being diverted so they don't spread their potential infection to others uh, to those tents, um, it would be a similar setup just um, in your car and 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 testing that way. What's the situation with respect to that religious group that was sort of had been in Wuhan and then came back? Uh, how are they doing now? Yeah, well, they still account for about 60% of the total number of infections here. But if you were to include, and we don't have all the figures here because it's difficult to track down where everybody's been infected, but if you were to include all the secondary infections, I, I suspect that this group is uh, responsible for um, much higher than 60% of the infections. If you look at the Seoul situation, uh, just over 100 infections in a city of around 10 million, uh, that's probably more reflective of, of the nation as a whole, uh, that sort of level of infection, rather than, rather than the uh, 7,300 
odd infections that we've right. actually got. Um, and I, I, I'm very careful in this. I, I, I have no love for Shinjongji's messages, but I do respect freedom of religion. I think it's very important for the media to be cautious about sort of piling on one particular group who I, I don't believe wanted deliberately to spread this, but it just happens to be the case that this is where the super spreading events happened within that group and the way they congregate uh, allowed it to spread among them. Um, they did have an Wuhan connection. They have connections with places throughout the world. They've been very successful in spreading their message and, and gaining adherence to their cause. But it's, um, it's in a way, the fact that, that they're a religious sect is, just tells us about the way they gather uh, and the way in which people right. travel more than the uh, sect itself. But, but the fact remains, if it had not been for that spreading event within the sect, uh, I'm convinced we'd have we want to be talking about cases in the hundreds here rather than the thousands. I, I mean, I was going to ask you what, what Korea did wrong, um, because I think a lot of people were um, in this region, you know, were, were quite surprised. They thought that um, um, Korea was a kind of well-organised, well-run kind of place in public health terms and, and so on, more like, you know, Japan or Taiwan or something like that. Um, but I, I guess you're saying then that this was kind of bad luck. This was a blip, really? Yeah, I I mean, I, I've got to say, I've had quite a bit of experience traveling to Hong Kong, uh, where my uh, I have some family based there, coincidentally, and uh, and I've got to say, you know, up there among um, countries um, and uh, authorities in this region, South Korea is, uh, I mean, really right up there. Uh, I don't think anyone coming from Hong Kong to South Korea. Uh, in a normal time would ever feel that uh, the healthcare system was substandard or, or anything of that nature. In fact, for around 10 years that I've been in Korea and the, the births of children that I've had here and uh, various different ailments that we've had to solve, I've always been impressed by how uh, both efficient and affordable the healthcare is in this country and how advanced it is. So that said, the, 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 there have been some black marks, and the biggest black mark was 2015 during the MERS outbreak. At that time, you could say hospitals had been caught out because there were so many infections happening within the hospitals. But even then, we're talking about cases of just over 150. I, I forget the exact number, but it was in that range, and it was 30-odd um, deaths. So uh, while that felt very serious at the time, by comparison now, obviously, we're, we're seeing far more infections. Um, but while you might have placed blame on the authorities back in 2015, I think right now it's far more nuanced. Uh, the, the government knew and had learned the lessons of 2015, and hospital systems generally were very quick to react to this infection and, and make sure that uh, they minimize the chances of right. hospital infections as far as possible. Uh, the questions that people are asking, and it's, especially on the conservative side of the political spectrum, we are due to have a general election in mid-April, so there's a lot of government criticisms anyway uh, as they try to leverage uh, the election um, circumstances. The, the, the very important questions are things like, should South Korea have barred all travel from China sooner? Should uh, South Korea have taken, you know, those sort of stronger... Um, more authoritarian measures, which many people here didn't want, uh, and they sympathised with the government. Um, we've had the experience of being on the on a rough end of China's economic unofficial sanctions in the past, and no one wants to have a bad relationship with China. The World Health Organization was issuing its um, own statements. 
for South Korea, it's early on when people are calling for it. If we'd gone for a blanket uh, travel ban on people in and out of China, uh, China would have remembered that. Uh, frankly, I'm not sure whether it would have made much right. difference anyway. Um, the spreading that's happened here has not involved Chinese tourists or visitors uh, by and large. There have been a few uh, infections related to China, people traveling and, and so on, uh, Koreans going there and back or, or family members. But generally speaking, um, the, the, the bulk of the spread here is not linked directly to China. So I, I find it... Um, more about the politics of the general election coming up and really the fact that opponents have been looking for every possible opportunity to call, even for the impeachment of, of the current president. Well, that's and a that popular thing extreme. for presidents at but the moment, the, isn't the, it? The reason, the, the reason why they've been calling for the impeachment of the president is because the previous president, his predecessor on the conservative side, was impeached. Right. So it, it, it's just a classic example of political revenge. That's not to say there shouldn't be a conversation, but... You know, I think every country in this region and beyond now has this very difficult balance to strike between how do you manage the economic fallout of this versus uh, mm. protecting your own population? Do you take the uh, my country first approach or or do you try and have a collaborative approach to, towards globally developing a vaccine and, and taking rational measures and trying to make sure that we don't all enter a global recession on the back of this? How's the community responding to the government's uh, rulings and decisions and proposals on this. Is it basically a good cooperative effort? Well, I, I would say even more extreme than it, than it needs to be. Um, because, <laughs> I mean, you look at the mask situation, for example. The official advice is wear a mask if you show symptoms. Um, in fact, they're saying if you show symptoms, you should try to stay at home. But if you have to go to a healthcare facility, wear a mask. And if you are in a vulnerable group, if you're over 65, if you're pregnant, that sort of thing, wear a mask. But, but the problem we're seeing is um, far more people want masks uh, anyway than need them, even those who may be staying at home. Uh, and, uh, and we have a capacity of 12 million masks a day, and you have a situation here where you've got a population of around 50 million. Most of them seem to want masks on a daily basis. It doesn't quite add up. So people are obviously being even more cautious than what the government's recommending. Uh, as far as uh, quarantine uh, restrictions are concerned, when people are told to stay at home, the evidence I've seen is that you know, overall people are being very, very good about that. There are always the odd case where you, you know, they're the ones that are reported where someone's ignoring quarantine restrictions. And uh, I think people of a certain age kind of have a, not, not in all cases, naturally, but there are perhaps the fatalistic people who, once they're, say, 75, want to just go out and live their life. They don't want to um, spend it cooped away, uh, and, and they're not too terrified of this virus. Um, although, again, that's a mixed picture, depending on who you talk to. Uh, and, and, I, and I would add that, you know, in terms of the, the trust People uh, are fearful. So, as I said, they, they don't fully trust the authorities after what happened with MERS in 2015. Uh, there's a lot of this political talk from the conservative side, which also uh, engenders mistrust, uh, for better or worse. And, and, and so you also have um, even signs going up. I mean, I, I went to um, a sauna facility yesterday in, in Korea. They're very popular here, these Korean saunas. It was actually very, very quiet. Um, 
so less people were going out. But when I went there, they had a sign saying no foreigners. But, you know, me as a Western foreigner had no problem getting in. So I don't know if that's supposed to be targeting Chinese visitors or, or not. But you, you can tell that some people are just taking it upon themselves to take on you, even you stricter assume, measures than but what you, the government would say. You would assume that meant Chinese? I, well, I, if not Chinese, then just allowing them the discretion to make that choice. Uh, it's, you know, it's not, again, you don't see those signs every day, but, uh, you know, I have now seen it. Uh, I've seen people on social media posting up. Has, has there been, have there been any cases of, of people uh, not served in, in restaurants? Because we're just about to talk that, about that here, actually. Has that happened in Korea? Yeah. Mainlanders being turned uh, away at restaurants? I mean, I eat out in restaurants a lot, and uh, I've been served everywhere. But normally what's happening well, is mainland... people are wearing masks. No, it, uh, but if you're Chinese visiting here, I think you um, are very likely to encounter discrimination, okay. sadly, on a on a regular basis right okay. now. Uh, and it, that discrimination might just be a comment or a look, but uh, it, it's sad that... Um, that people um, from a certain political persuasion are driving anti-China sentiment, but the government certainly isn't, and, and the people I know are much more rational about that. But okay. sadly, you know, I can't speak for everybody sure. in this okay. society. Alex, thank you very much indeed for joining us. Alex Jensen, presenter of the This Morning uh, radio programme at TBS uh, Korea. Thank you very much indeed, keeping us up to date with what's happening there. Uh, as I say, we wanted to turn now to the issue of uh, local discrimination against uh, mainlanders. Richard Choi joins us from the Society for community uh, organisations to talk in particular about the, the situation with restaurants. We've got, got a lot of emails uh, on this subject and kind of related subjects. Uh, before we get on to that, uh, maybe... OK, Drake says, Mike has been advocating that the death rate of the novel virus is inflated because mild cases were underreported. I would suggest otherwise. Cable News once interviewed a pair of Wuhan couple living near the initial seafood market both of them came down both of them came down with pneumonia but the hospitals were too full to diagnose them their father-in-law died of pneumonia before getting diagnosed with both deaths and mild cases underreported the actual death rate might not deviate too much from the current two percent uh says drake and the doctor this morning was talking about more like one and a half percent anyway uh, peter t says uh, with the recent repatriation of Hong Kongers and the phenomenon of hidden carriers becoming widely acknowledged, our already creaking health, uh, public health system faces Armageddon. To avoid this, it's surely imperative that the quarantine period be extended beyond its current uh, inadequate level of 14 days and without delay or prevarication. That comes from Peter. That's uh, Peter T. Um, OK, uh, Andrew Kay, uh, who uh, usually talks about a bad guest day, uh, says, On guests, how about getting the district councillors who obstructed police raids over the weekend to appear as guests and justify their behaviour, dock their pay and benefits now, uh, says uh, Andrew Kay. Herman says, I see district councillor Lee Man Ho placed a sign in front of his office that says dogs and blue ribbons are not allowed to enter his office. Now he means to politicise dog ownership. The people who elected him to office deserve this childish uh, idiot, uh, <laughs> says uh, Herman. Thank you very much indeed for, for those comments. Maybe he's worried about the dog having the virus. Mm. Uh, Richard Choi uh, is with us, as I say, from, from SOCO, the Society of Community Organisations. Uh, Mr Choi, good morning to you. Good morning. Uh, so uh, there's been reports, I understand, that uh, more than 100 restaurants in, in Hong Kong are, are refusing to serve diners uh, from uh, mainland China. Um, uh, you know, what, what have you learnt about that? What's your attitude towards this? Well, uh, 
I, of course, uh, first, uh, the uh, so-called uh, 100 restaurant refusing mainland visitors or uh, people speaking Putonghua uh, to enter their restaurant uh, may not be the whole situation because we just look into some of the information from the uh, website. Uh, we haven't have uh, the resources to do a comprehensive survey uh, about all the restaurants uh, in Hong Kong. So it may be first, the situation may be even uh, more uh, uh, worse uh, than the, uh, the situation we report. And secondly, uh, of course, we see uh, that's refusing uh, mainland people, uh, but not addressing directly or specifically on those persons who uh, may uh, have the, uh, really have the virus uh, uh, this so-called uh, restriction may amount to uh, discrimination. Uh, that is, I think, the message we hope the whole society to learn. I think we, uh, uh, we just discussed uh, with other guests, speaker, about I think, I think the situation nowadays uh, is a very broad, uh, you know, uh, outbreak about the virus. Uh, actually, not just people from mainland China, they have the risk of uh, spitting the, the virus. Nowadays, maybe people from all around the world that may have the problem. Uh, that's why I think uh, the those restaurants, uh, no matter in Hong Kong or elsewhere in the world, the civic thing, whether uh, you just relying on several uh, nationality or race, uh, 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 those people uh, try to refuse uh, those uh, specific words. Richard, how can how can the restaurant tell when a when a customer just pushes open the door and enters and sits down and picks up a menu? Uh, what what do they do? do? They are they asking them, do you speak Cantonese or something? Well, how are they telling that someone is from the mainland anyway? Yes, I think uh, some restaurants actually be uh, uh, visit. They post uh, the notice uh, uh, outside the restaurant, uh, 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 saying specifically. Um, the mainland uh, people from mainland China who are speaking Putonghua, um, they uh, would not serve. That's one thing. And then our um, uh, colleagues try to use Putonghua to ask whether he or she would be allowed to, to enter. Uh, uh, some restaurants uh, try to board them uh, just because uh, they speak Putonghua. Well, that's extraordinary. And, and is, that, government... is that legal? Is that are you allowed to do that? I think you always have the right to refuse a customer as a basic well, uh, thing of business. But it's amazing. These these restaurants are appealing for government help to tide them over the crisis and they're turning customers away. Shouldn't it be a condition yeah. of the help from the government that they don't discriminate? Well, I think first, uh, uh, of course, we are, Hong Kong, we are uh, so-called a uh, big economy. Uh, uh, indeed, we uh, also have a uh, uh, several anti-discrimination law in Hong Kong, and also, of course, we need to observe the whole um, uh, human rights uh, principles around the world. But do the discrimination do laws apply to... ...based on uh, mm. the unnecessary condition. Say, if you are trying to call people who, of course, uh, actually been, uh, you know, diagnosed uh, uh, as virus or are uh, very likely... Like uh, if you are uh, actually be uh, the group of uh, least being quarantined, 
uh, 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 being called in by, by the uh, government. I think those uh, maybe uh, incoming visitors uh, for the past 14 days, that from several regions uh, uh, or countries, then they have, uh, have uh, the, the reach. But uh, you, you're just saying that um, uh, people from mainland China or uh, Western-speaking people uh, who refuse, that would amount to a unnecessary restriction and, and indeed may uh, result in a discrimination. How can we uh, complain? Okay, hang, hang on, hang on. Oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> Quite a few emails. Uh, TC uh, on Facebook, first of all, says, uh, first, treatment of mainland Chinese in Hong Kong restaurants is the least of their problems. The bigger problem now is many cruise companies banning any Chinese passport holders including SAR and uh, Macau passports, as well as the laundry list of countries banning anyone being China recently from entering, uh, such as US, Japan, Australia. Furthermore, I've mentioned many times here, Chinese people are the last people to criticise others for discrimination. Chinese people are some of the most discriminatory people, and the people most discriminatory against Chinese are Chinese themselves, uh, says TC, who I assume is Chinese, and has a link to a story uh, from the Daily Mail about uh, passengers from uh, Shanghai, uh, uh, refusing to board a plane with tourists from Wuhan. I think that story was from February uh, or, or something. There's, there's one other issue, uh, Richard, Richard, I wanted to talk to you about, which is kind of uh, not directly related, but kind of overlapping in some respects. Uh, Maxine in an email says, thank you, Maxine, we've got lots of problems with bigotry, terrorism, and instead of trying to make things better, you've got one district councillor who tried to block the police from arresting bombs, making terrorists bomb-making terrorists, while another put up a sign saying dogs and blue ribbons not allowed. Maybe the anti-government people are right that the higher-ups in charge aren't the most competent, and I get the reference to dogs and Chinese not allowed signs put up when Hong Kong was controlled by a racist authoritarian colonial power. But these councillors take the word fool to a whole new level. As someone with African-American and mainland Chinese relatives, I find this discrimination incredibly uh, offensive. You guys are news people. Why don't you ask the fool who blocked the police did you put up obstructions because you don't want people in your district killed by the bombs but you don't care if people somewhere else are are hurt uh, uh richard Choi, um you, how do you feel about those signs i mean you you know if you're you're unhappy with these signs uh from restaurants uh, not allowing mainlanders in uh do you think that uh, signs by district councillors as i say it's not directly related, but signed, this signed by a district councillor saying that he was not there for uh, dogs and blue ribbons. How do you feel about that? Well, of course, we uh, of course, uh, see that's uh, not a good sign. That, uh, it seems uh, nowadays uh, uh, there's uh, more and more uh, people. I think not just the situation in Hong Kong, but maybe elsewhere also. Uh, we noticed from the other uh, uh, guest speaker. But I think uh, on the whole, uh, in Hong Kong, we don't want to see that people just using you are from different uh, groups or, or, or ways or, or whatsoever. That's just, uh, because we hate uh, this kind of people, but not relating to the uh, so-called uh, health situation. And then you discriminate them. Uh, I think that is uh, the thing. Uh, I think in the modern society, we don't want to be spit out as a kind of uh, 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 notice of discrimination. Because one, now, today, you discriminate some groups. Tomorrow, other people, they discriminate you, um, but not because of the uh, you know, actual uh, need. Uh, 
because of your your history of your uh, 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 belong to other groups discussed, that just would be a man to a very uh, warm signal. Uh, you don't want uh, this kind of signal, no matter you're targeting on what sort of people, uh, uh, that to speak, one uh, other in Hong Kong, also uh, other places around the world. Okay, well, Richard Joy, thanks for joining us from the Society of Community Organisations. Uh, some emails to uh, wrap up. Bowen says, uh, on those over 65, I couldn't help but notice that your guest just bracketed together, this is talking about uh, the situation in Korea, those who are pregnant and those who are over 65 as both falling within the vulnerable group for the purpose of determining if it's necessary to wear a mask. So you're vulnerable, Mike, and I'm going to be in a few years' time. Wear a mask. Uh, have a good day. I'm definitely that not pregnant. From Bowen, okay. <laughs> and uh, Paul uh, says you may be interested in this. Honesty doesn't reward you. And there's a link to a story of a restaurant uh, in the uh, yeah in the UK uh, uh, who re- refused to serve a British man and his Asian wife. Uh, they had just landed in the UK after arriving in Chengdu. Uh, that's in uh, Metro News. Uh, more on that. And uh, Mike says the coronavirus will be gone one day and we will recover from the effects of the sickness. The discrimination won't go away and the effects of that discrimination will last for generations. So sad that comes uh, from Mike. Thank you very much indeed for uh, all the uh, many uh, emails today. And Mike, thank you very much. There's some indeed. extraordinary aspects of this. We could be talking about this for years. Yeah. <laughs> OK, let's hope not. <laughs> we'll try something new to talk about. The weather forecast uh, for today, mainly cloudy with a few showers and fog patches, sunny intervals during the day, 22 degrees now, and the humidity at 94%. To protect patient safety and rights, the Private Healthcare Facilities Ordinance requires that private healthcare facilities where doctors or dentists practice must apply for relevant licenses. Applications for different licenses are being accepted in phases. Applications for licenses for day procedure centers can be made from January 2nd, 2020. The application dates for licenses and letters of exemption for clinics will be announced later. For details, visit orphf.gov.hk. I'm 34, the news now with Samantha Butler. Mainland authorities have reported another 22 coronavirus deaths and the lowest number of new cases since it started reporting the data in January. Infections on the mainland have been steadily decreasing, but there have been 67 imported cases, four of those confirmed today. The official death toll from COVID-19 